KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you elected to spend some of your morning with us. Coming up on the Des Moines uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. We're going to start things off with David Kaplan in his re- weekly Wednesday spot. We're going to move him up a little bit today. We'll hear from Cappy at about 10.25. Get the latest on Cap. He was fired up after that loss in the wee hours of the morning. Took to Twitter, got his video out, uh, and decided to uh, to let everybody know how he felt. And he'll let our audience knows if he still feels the same way. Coming up here in about 25 minutes. Uh, Kenny White from Las Vegas checks in. We're going to do a heavy college football uh, segment with Kenny White coming up today at about 10.45, 10.50-ish. It's a couple more quarterbacks in the 11 o'clock hour. Ricky Stanzi will join us uh, to lead off the hour right at 11. He'll be followed in by Brett Myers, former Cyclone quarterback at 11.20-ish. And then Bill Bender, Trent, and I will go around college football on a national perspective. Bill in his weekly spot at about 11.40. You can read him at sportingnews.com. It was a baseball night in my house. I know you had Mediacom uh, duties last night with Mm -hmm. high school volleyball, but I'm sure you caught up and saw some of the Cubs bullpen implosion. I mean, volleyball couldn't have gone on that long, did it? (laughs) No, no. I I was home a little after 9 o'clock, so I was good there. Missed the burrito start, though, for my twins. It was really good. Well, I caught that for you on your behalf because I knew that I would have to rely on you after about 11 o'clock to get the uh, (laughs) final innings uh, of the Cubs and the Padres. But, yeah, no, Barrios was good, Trent, and that's a good team that they beat yesterday. Yes, Nationals have been playing great baseball ever since the first month and a half. Uh, Absolutely. When What were they at one point? Eight and 18 or something crazy like that? No, it was Barrios and Sanchez, and they were matching each other pitch for pitch early in the game. and that game was sailing along. I mean, as you would expect, right? Because yeah. through six they had, I think the Twins had one hit and the Natties maybe two. Um, but the Twins, Morales and the bullpen combined for a uh, uh, for a shutout of, again, a pretty darn good baseball team. So good for the Twins uh, to pick that one off. But, uh, you know, we'll, I guess, start Cubs-wise. I want to get into the story that we spent the first 15 minutes of yesterday's show talking about because it really hit the fan. Uh, when Dave Zawalinski, who mm-hmm. worked for Ray Cole at WOI when, when Ray was still uh, in the position he was. Now, he's still local. Uh, he still lives in Des Moines. I've reached out to him this morning to see if there's any update uh, on the uh, the story that we talked about. Now, what we didn't know yesterday was timeline. We assumed that we had... At least I did, and maybe maybe you, because we both missed the Monday night stuff. We right? did, yeah. It was I, crazy. I don't but... know how we did, but we did. And we didn't know that zero hour is Friday, Trent. I mean, and it's this Friday, Trent. Yes. I, I anticipated for whatever reason that it would be the end of the month. So did I. Well, just Seems not every way, contract right. is signed till the end of a month. Right. It is different for everything. Now, one thing that I have heard from a couple of different people that know the business, um, they mentioned that... With something this big, there more than likely will be an extension. The chances of it mm-hmm. completely being off the air, ESPN we're talking about on DirecTV, completely being off are on really, a Saturday really morning low. in right. college football. Yeah. Because it's such a huge entity. This, this is not 
We're not talking about National Geographic. No. With time-sensitive material. No, and we're not talking about June, July. Right. In football season, both sides, I think, understand the importance, and most importantly, DirecTV understands the importance Mm -hmm. of being able to keep ESPN, ESPN on. So it might just very well be that. It's an extension for a week or two weeks, something like that, to maybe get us to the end of the month, and then a deal has to be done. But the people I talk to would be surprised if you're a DirecTV subscriber and at midnight, it's off the air. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it's football and, and football. Look, we, we just saw this uh, with, with Nexstar locally, right? It, it went right up until the start of college football season. We had, didn't have um, ABC. Mm-hmm. We didn't have CW23, and the Cubs play a whole lot of games there. And, you know, they sacrificed the baseball for the DirecTV subscribers. But by the time college football uh, came around, they knew that they had to be up and running. I, I'm the same way. I just cannot see this interrupting a college football season. I think everybody loses. While we know we always lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and you don't get a refund on that DirecTV bill? No, of course not. No, of course not. Even though ESPN gets, as we talked about yesterday, seven, over $7 per subscriber, mm-hmm. and overall the whole package, probably over $10 per subscriber, you're not getting a $10 refund at the end of the month. No, and I can see why. I mean, look at the money ESPN has spent on the products. I mean, just to keep the Monday night package, mm-hmm. right? And all of the NBA stuff, all the stuff that they have. Um the college football, it, it's a pretty penny that they pay. And, well, we'll see. So that story hopefully uh, is going to have a happy ending. I'd be shocked that it didn't. The Cubs didn't have a happy ending last night as we segue to San Diego. Uh, good for them fighting back into the game. Chris Bryant, here's a positive, Trent, if you're trying to you know, find one in this game. Chris Bryant looked like Chris Bryant he again, did. at least for one night. He took a cortisone shot uh-huh. yesterday before the game? Yes, or what? before the game. So, now you can only go so far. You can't mm-hmm. have a cortisone shot every time, every game, anything like that. But it was great to see. Hayward was out there. He was hitting bops. It was a really entertaining game last yeah, night. Hayward's overall. second home run. Just yes. Cry. I mean, the first one, I think it got into the first row. It doesn't matter. It's still a home run. <laughs> right, yeah. You still get to circle the bases. Uh, but yeah, the second one he just crushed. And Brian's home runs looked like Brian's home runs that we've seen many times. But an ugly start for Quintana. Yes, it was. Pulled him after three innings. And here's the thing. It was, it was, and, and the ball, and, and the Bears, the Cubs were throwing the ball all over the infield in mm-hmm. the second inning. It was a well-pitched first inning, second inning. Zobrist they gave again. up a five spot. Yeah, trying to get the double play, mm-hmm. trying to do too much. And, and he started that. And I just think that it just got Quintana off his game, right? He never was able to recover from that. Madden had an opportunity after three. I think he put Happ into the game to pinch hit in the third with, uh, with a couple of Cubs on base and, um, saw what happened. All right, so let's play this game. Cubs do hold on to the second wild card spot. They're going on the road to the Washington. You're and, more optimistic than I am, but go ahead. And you, Darvish, starts that game. Okay, he's been the best guy here in the rotation in a one game playoff. I think that's yeah. who you're going with. We're just saying that everybody is available. We don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to be the case, but for this argument and conversation, let's say Darvish is your guy. He's the guy. Yep. You come back. Who are your game one, two, and three starters? Mm-hmm. Assuming Darvish comes back in game four. Who's starting games one, two, and three in a divisional series against the Braves? Well, or against the Dodgers, I guess it would be. Yeah, good luck. Um, I want to watch Hamels tonight. He's not been good. He's been awful. Awful. you got to start Hendricks. Hendricks game one? Hendricks one. Lester two. Hopefully Darvish by ready again in game three. That That would be the hope, yeah. Yeah. You want to go righty, lefty, righty, I would think, because... Is John Lester going to miss the playoff 
If they get to a divisional series, no, just because of his history. Where are you going to start him? Where, where, what game are you going to pitch him in? I think two. I think uh, so. You go Hendricks, Lester, hopefully Darvish for three. Darvish three, and then game four is Quintana. Mm, is it? I guess it's not Hamels. It's not Hamels. No, I couldn't. I. I it's tough to piece this together. It is, it is, Trent. This is a team that, boy, they're confounding, aren't they? And just getting to the spot that I mentioned, getting to the divisional yeah, round. Look at here. Don't look now, but they have a one-game lead. Now, here's the – it's awful news. Awful news. Christian Yelich, oh, yes. in the fluke fashion that he lost the remainder of his season, mm-hmm. headed for 50 bombs and 30 steals, become the first to ever do that, and he was trending in that direction. I think he's the – who would you rather have? Trout, probably. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but still he's, he's still one. He's one of the best players in the game. Maybe the best player in the National League. Cody Bellinger would maybe some Dodger fans maybe a argue with that. Yeah, he's going to be that guy in a couple of years. He <laughs> might be that guy right now. He might be. He's pretty special, isn't he? How about the numbers he's putting up? Yes. That team. That team's going to be a tough out. I know yes. that they got to get through the Dodgers, um, and then I guess to begin the Cardinals. But man, oh man, that 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 Braves team is salty. You know, for business, it would be bad if we get a Dodgers Braves NLCS and a in the American League Yankees Astros. But as a baseball fan, mm-hmm. sign me up. Yes, sign me up. I mean, those are two See what the Astros are great doing series. Yes, that rookie hit a ball Monday night. I can't. Yeah, Monday night into the into a place at uh, Minute Maid Park that a ball has never been hit before. They just keep finding guys. Unbelievable. We saw their AAA team this summer when we were out of Principal Park one did time. Did you? Oh, we did? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were playing, who is it? Round Rock? Is Round Rock their, Makes their sense, yeah. Whoever their affiliate. Yep. I remember it was the Astros affiliate. And or Round Rock Rangers. That's, I think you're right. Regardless, it was the Astros affiliate. They had a guy on their team that, at this time, I mean, this was a couple months in the season, was hitting like I remember him 340, talking about him. Yes. 26 home runs. And, eh, the Astros no don't get a spot him. for him. Right. No place for him. He was young. He was like 24, 25, you know, mm-hmm. starting to age a little bit as a, a minor leaguer. But sorry, we don't have a spot. We're too good. Mm. We can't play. Even with all the injuries that the Astros have had. They still couldn't find a spot That's for That's a good them. point because they've, uh, they've had more than their share, no yes. doubt about that. So Cubs fall last night. Um, Cishek just, look, again, <laughs> it, this this wasn't the reason that they lost the game. But uh, C.B. Buckner's on any list of atrocious umpires that anybody's going to mm-hmm. come up with. I mean, come on. Cishek, he threw three strikes. I'm not sure which one of the walks that it was. It might have been the final one. You know my stance on it. It's not going to happen probably for a while, but... Um, Look, if you if you're if you're in the zone, raise your right arm, strike, because <laughs> that's what it is. But for whatever reason, CB Buckner saw it differently than the rest of the country did. Again, not the reason they lost. You gave up a nine spot to the San Diego Padres. After all, uh, that uh, second inning was a bugaboo for them. But Bryant was good. Hayward was good. Tyler Chatwood was good. Tyler Chatwood kept was him good. in the game. You did keep him in the game, and he's done that a lot this year. I'm going to ask Cappy. That's his role. Is it? I think it is too, but is there more there? Maybe no. Trent. His stuff is dynamic, tantalizing. That is his role. This is yeah. we've seen him as a starter. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We've seen him. They've tried to try him in the back end of the bullpen. He's got a. I think he saved a game this year. Maybe I'm sure he did earlier June. But that's yeah. We've seen him in other parts. Yeah, and yeah. he has not been good in that role. Right. His role is long reliever. Uh-huh. 
Now you don't Every want to team pay, has to have one. You don't want to pay thirteen million dollars a well, year. That's, that's the problem for your long reliever. Because you're stuck with that. That's what he's on the books for next year. Yes, before he'll finally come off mm-hmm. the books after 2020. But hey, you got that role figured out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a role that you need. And over the course of 162, and the way baseball continues to evolve and change, you have that guy. All right, we got one spot. We got 24 others to figure out, but you have that one for next <laughs> no, season. No, 26 because it expands next ah, year. Ah, that's right. Good call on that. 26 one. next year, and there's no September call-ups with the exception of I think two guys get to come up. Is that what it is? I think it's only two guys. You know, a couple of years ago, I bought the domain SeptemberCallup.com. Oh. That's pretty cool, and yes, right? And, I was, yeah. and I'd uh, probably had a puff, and I was sitting around killing time, and you know, wherever your mind goes. Sure. Um, so I got on. I love buying domains. Yes, you do. I love. Bu- so I own SeptemberCallup.com. Thought that would be a good one. Now it's going away. There is no such thing. There is. It, it expands to. So the regular season roster next year is 26, and I think it expands to. It's only like two two extras. Hmm. I mean, look at dugouts now, right? There's no oh, room. It's great. Especially when visiting teams go to Fenway Park. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, you're standing on one another. It's crazy. I love that kind of stuff. I, I love this portion of the season and the new names that you get to see and right. some young guys. And if your team's out of it, maybe a chance to see some of the young players. So so I look today, um, my Jays are 29 games out of the wild card. Is it over? Like, There's only like 18 games yeah, left. I'm so going to guess they are yeah. mathematically eliminated yeah, probably here. probably so. You can put that. But, but, but to your point, of all those names, I'm thinking, who are the hell are these guys? Right. And, and a lot of those guys will more than likely never be part of the regular right, rotation right. or anything like that or a, an everyday player in the lineup. But get your cup of coffee. Go out there. I don't know what I feel overall. All these changes that baseball has gone through, I really enjoy the 10-day IL. Mm-hmm. I think it gives yep, opportunity a, a little bit more flexibility. That was a positive. I don't like how the trade deadline went down when I look back yeah. and, and now I think of what we mm-hmm. missed throughout the we month of August. We missed August, yeah. I think that is a big swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the way that it's gone just looking back here a month ago or so. With that, and then that, you know, 26 players, sure, okay, that's fine. But only two guys get to call I think up. In that's September? the number. I'm, I'm mm. positive it's 26. I think it goes to 28. You know, I've got this thing Google in front of me. Maybe I should check. But yeah, we'll get it. Done. I can't walk and chew gum, let alone type and try and talk into a microphone. So maybe we'll do that during a break. But, so uh, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are for you know what? Baseball. I'm glad we're talking baseball, yeah. Trent, because I love the game. You love the game. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a we're in pennant races right now. Uh, look, Cyhawk Week it continues on. We're going to do a lot on it. Uh, both coaches met the assembled media yesterday, Trent. I came away with absolutely nothing mm-hmm. from either Matt Campbell or Kirk Ferentz. And I don't think that this is, you know, just both of these coaches keeping... I just don't think there was any news. No, there really isn't. We I, knew about all the injuries. Hankins on the depth chart. I guess that maybe one thing came out. It sounds like he's kind of... I would it, be surprised at this point. Yes. He, listening and reading between uh-huh. the lines with Ferentz, you could tell he was... You know, Ben Wart right away said yep. he's practicing, he'll be good to go. And, and then, I didn't see one mention of Alaric Jackson, did you? And no. Now, the word was he was going to miss this game. Yes, yeah. But there's also the word that, you know, he's he was ahead of schedule two weeks ago. So no, like, ten days ago. A possibility there. Well, but I don't think it came up at all. But you mentioned Hankins, and, and that becomes a big concern. You looked yeah. at the safety position. Of course, Merriweather yeah. is out and is going to be out for this game and for the foreseeable future. That means for the second week in a row, we'll see Jack Kerner from over at Dowling Catholic getting the start. But Geno Stone listed as a starter in his mm-hmm. safety spot. And then also listed as the backup yeah, I saw that. behind Kerner. That shows you the depth and the concerns they have Good point. at the safety position. Then you go to cornerback. 
if Hankins is out. All right, you got O.J. Mudia. Who's having a really good start to his year. Good guy. Yep. Good, solid player. Yep. D.J. Johnson started the season as the cash mm-hmm. inside guy. He played seven snaps, and then they moved away and went back to the 4-3. Then the injuries. Julius Brents is out. Uh-huh. Riley Moss is out. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, after D.J. Johnson, who is that next cornerback that'll be out there? And against Iowa State, and they'll spread you out. Yeah, but here's the other. They're sure they're going to spread you out, but they're also going to have to block the D line. They will. And his offensive line has, again, we only saw him in week number one. It did not look as though they take it took even a baby step forward from where we last saw them in 2018. Quick throws. Deshante that's going to have to be the case. Over yeah, under 12 and a half catches after 14 and You know, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that. It's, it's our Super Bowl. It is, yes. It's our biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. One of the most fun things to do when you're in Vegas for the real Super Bowl is the hundreds of props Yes, that that the um, bookmaking companies come out with, the properties come out with. From the Wherever goofy you, stuff? Yeah, to, stupid stuff to whatever. You, longest, shortest touchdown, uh-huh. over under a half yard, yep. or one and a half yards. Is there a one-yard touchdown in the game? To everything. Everybody tries to outdo you and come up with ideas that have never been used before. Mm-hmm. Well, my point being is most of these companies have a presence, or certainly a lot of them, in Las Vegas, and they've put out props on the Super Bowl forever. But we can't do that here. I know what the reason is, and we had to get, we, you had to give up something in order for this bill to sail through the way that it did, and we're grateful that it did, right? If we had to give up the no props on the two local, the two in-state college teams in order to have sports wagering sail through the legislature, okay, everybody was willing to see that. Sure. But we're missing out this week, Trent. If you don't want to do that, when Iowa State's playing Oklahoma, if you don't want to do Purdy versus Herder, or you don't want to do whatever... Um, Tanner Morgan versus Nate Stanley when it's Minnesota week. Whatever. On this week, it's a lot of money that's being left on the table oh, because yeah. people love to bet props and we're not allowed to because of the way the law was written. Can't even do first player to score. To Can you to do score the, the coin touchdown? flip in this game? No, no. You no. can't even bet the coin I flip. I don't believe so. Not because... that I would want to, but, right. yeah, but the coin flip, as you know... It's a very popular prop. Tails every time. Is that what it is? Uh, that's that's what I bet every time. Who's doing the anthem? Can, can oh, we, over under to over anthem? The, who's going to sing the anthem? Gatorade color for the winning coach. <laughs> right. All of these things. Yes. You're, you're, we're taking money off the table by not having... If there's to be an exception to this rule... It's it's this game for the one game a year. Everybody allowed. benefits, right? Because yeah. it's there's more money that's going to be left because you don't make money on props. The, you know why? I mean, the, the properties love props. Sure, they get beat on a couple of big ones, mm-hmm. but trust me. Overall, at the end of the day, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, like what was it last year that in the Super Bowl, either you're going to get killed on the point spread or you're going to get killed on the money line. The properties are going to make it back on the prop bets. They're going to have a winning day because of the prop bets. We should have prop bets on Cyhawk. We should. We'll have some of our own Friday playing around with this game. These will not ones that you'll be able to bet legally. Right, yeah, but we're Claxons, right? You can win some like Claxons, though, with some prop bets. We will have some. We'll also have David Kaplan. He's next. And Cherry and Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Kenny White still to come on this hour. Speaking of Vegas, we'll head out there. But Chicago bound next on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.com. Oh, 
It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back as uh, we continue on here. First guest up on the BNW Des Moines guest list today is indeed David Kaplan. Off we go uh, to Chicago. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. He's up late last night. He was fired up last night. I'm sure he is today. Cap, that in a second. I want to start with Christian Yelich because I want to make sure we have time to get this in. I know I have a great deal of respect for the way he plays the game. Uh, the Brewers were still in contention uh, after the weekend uh, that they saw the Cubs got themselves right back into the race. And Yelich to go down and to break his kneecap in the fluke fashion that he did. Boy, that's a blow, and you never like to see that, Cap. No, it's awful. He's a great player. He's a great competitor, and to see him go down like that is very, very sad. Uh, you know, if you're one of the teams that you're battling with them for the wild card, you look and go, wow, what a blow to them. But, yeah. you know, sometimes guys in a, in a situation like that might rally the troops. They might. They're one game behind the Cubs as we're having this conversation. So we'll see where this whole thing goes, but that is sad. No, no doubt about it. Look, the Cardinals didn't... 50-30 guy ever. Yeah, he was on the cusp of it, wasn't he? He was going to. It was going to clearly be close. And to your point, Cap, the Cardinals didn't do anything at the de- deadline. They rallied. Arizona, likewise, give up their best pitcher. They've rallied back into the hunt. Well, let's talk about last night, Cap. And I know you were fired up, uh, pursuant to the way Madden uh, kept Cshek in the game. Now, look, CB Buckner was uh, atrocious in the tenth inning last night, but. Uh, C-Sheck to give up the infield single. And this isn't like murderer's row that he was facing. Joe Madden's done this a lot. Is that maybe the biggest criticism uh, of him this year is just how he's used uh, his bullpen or certainly one of the big criticisms? Um, yes and no. First of all, let me just say, Theo and Jed did him no favors giving him Brad Brock and Tony Barnett and Xavier Cedeno. I get all of that. Believe me. I it, I'm very empathetic that he looks at that play sheet that he's got all his guys on his roster and goes, okay, good luck. You pick one of them. But my point is, and this is why I was so triggered last night when that game ended, you have at that point, I believe, what, 18 games left going into last night? 18. Well, 18 now. So what have we got, 17 left now? I think 18 now. Okay, 18 now. So you had 18 left, or 19 left going into last night. Okay. You get the first out in the 10th inning with a guy who has not had a very good year. And he's a veteran guy. I get all of that. He's got guile and guts and cojones and whatever you want to call it. He then gives up a clean single. It's an infield hit, mm-hmm. but it's a clean hit. Okay, then he walks a guy on a pitch that literally was not close. He had a couple. He said he got squeezed. Maybe, maybe not. Bottom line is guy walked. All right, first and second. We're Okay. Let's go get this guy. Let's get a double play ball. He walks the next guy. That pitch literally bounced in like Nogales, mm-hmm. Mexico. Okay, now the bases are loaded. How can you possibly, with your season hanging in the balance, you look up at the scoreboard and you go, oh, Milwaukee won. They're one behind us. I don't care who they lost. They're one behind us. And, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to go with this guy. And, of course, he walks. And then I listen to some of the people who are covering the team, or I read their tweets, and they're saying, well, you can't go to a lefty because the splits say he hits this. I literally wouldn't care if they said, Ken Miller, we've got a supersonic jet that's going to transport you. You're pitching. I don't know if you're going to walk the guy. I knew c yep. was going to walk the guy. So anyone that defends 
putting Steve Ciszek in that situation, that is right on the manager. I can't believe it. It just it infuriates me that people will defend that move. I don't get it. Frustrating loss last night, no doubt, Cap. Uh, one of the bright spots here over the last couple of days, though, has been the recent call-up, and Nico Horner goes 3-for-5 in his first time out, has a triple for RBI, another hit last night. What are you seeing out of the 22-year-old rookie? Uh, I love it. I mean, hmm. he's brought enthusiasm and that you know passion, and he's excited, and it's really cool to see Nico Horner here. I don't know if he's got the arm to play shortstop, you know, that's one of the knocks some of the scouts have said that might not have the arm to be a shortstop at this point, maybe as his body continues to fill out and he matures and grows, maybe he becomes. But I do think, and from what I'm being told over there, they see him as their starting second baseman next year, which hopefully, good Lord willing, means that Addison Russell won't even be on the roster. And then if you have an infield of Chris Bryant, and Javi Baez and Nico Horner and Anthony Rizzo and Wilson Contreras and Caratini as your catchers, that's pretty solid. Now, if you can go find yourself a center fielder that can be a leadoff guy, mm-hmm. now we got something cooking. Indeed. Uh, you mentioned Baez, Cap. Is it definitive yet that he is out for the rest of the regular season? I know you're supposed to have an yeah. announcement. Maybe we did. Did I miss it? Yes, he is done for the rest of the regular season. They can reevaluate you know, a week and a half, two weeks, and see what we've got going here. Well, Cap, uh, a guy that I wonder about going forward is Kyle Schwarber. 35 home runs this year. It's a guy that we speculated about back when he was injured during the World Series run. We've gone all over the place. Long term, Kyle Schwarber remains in the plans. If they get an offer they can't refuse, they will move him. What do you think the future is with Schwarber? Look, he's had an amazing second half. Mm -hmm. Kyle Schwarber has been sensational offensively. OPS north of 1,000 in the second half. Is he that guy, or is he the guy that had you know a pretty lousy first half? Uh, if he's the guy that has a thousand OPS credentials, well then you got to hang on to him. Um, you know he's never going to be a 300 hitter, but he's certainly an impactful bat. He's a really good dude in the room. He's worked exceptionally hard to get himself in great shape over the last couple of years, and he's played very solid defensively for a guy that everyone you know thought would be a real liability. He's been nothing short of very solid out there. Um, that said, are you going to play an outfield of Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and then Jason Hayward in the middle? I don't believe that's a championship outfield. I don't. It's not great defensively on either corner. Not great. And it's you know playing Jason Hayward a gold glover perennially in right field. That's playing Jason Hayward out of position as he gets older in his mm-hmm. career. Uh, Hayward's had a very good year. Yep. He also was just recently, what, one One for for 31, I think, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers look much better. He's obviously not a leadoff man. So we'll see where this whole thing goes, but they've got some decisions to make, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, Cap. And one of those decisions I'm anxious to get your take on because, you know, Chatwood again last night came in and he pitched very well, and we've seen him do this a lot this year. When the starter uh, gets beat up on early and they've got to get Chatwood in there, they know he's going to eat some innings. He's actually closed periodically throughout the season. He's a real lightning rod between, I, I think, Cubs fans. Some of them, you know, can't uh, can't get him out of Chicago quick enough. Some of them see the, you know, the stuff that this guy has. Tyler Chatwood, he's got another year left. Might he have a bigger role next year? Um... I don't think anyone's taking that money off their hands, $13 million for one more year. 
I don't know what role you would possibly slot him into. He's not going to be one of your five starters. That's a guarantee. And are you handing him the back end of the bullpen? You've got Kimbrell under contract. Mm-hmm. You won't have Strope back here. You won't have C-Shack back here. So are you making him your primary setup guy, a guy who doesn't throw strikes on a consistent basis? I think they're just going to ride this thing out, and they'll pick their spots and see what they get out of But no start for him, though, right? No no starting role uh, next year? I would be shocked. Yeah. Now, maybe as a spot guy, but one of your five guys, that would shock me. Hmm. Captain, last thing on baseball, and then we're going to get to the Bears. Uh, Joe Madden taking a lot of heat. Uh, you're going to, I'm sure, light him up on your show here today uh, for his moves last night with C-Check. We, we, we talked about this seemingly every week. It just feels like it's coming to to an end. Um, and, and if that is indeed the case, are you hearing any names out there, Cap? Is, you know, it's, Girardi's the one on everybody's lips, right? But I'm, uh, you said last week that you're not so sure that will happen. What about some names, Cap? Uh, I mean, we've heard David Ross, but I have someone who's close to David told me that David told this person, <clears throat> yeah, I don't see a scenario where I'm taking that job. Uh, he's, I think, believe he's going through a divorce, and his family lives in Florida, got young kids, so you're going to pick up and you're going to move to Chicago and never see your kids? Mm. I, he's not that guy. He's a really, really involved father, so I would be very surprised. You know, he gets on the road enough doing baseball games for ESPN and a really high dollar consulting gig with the Cubs as a special assistant to Theo and Jed. So I would be very surprised if he ended up doing that, unless you told me he's back with his family and the whole group moved to Chicago. But I, I just don't, knowing him like I do, I really like the guy as a guy. I'd be very surprised if he became the manager, if that's truly what's going on in his life. Um, Mark DeRosa has told people that I'm close to that he wants to manage. But again, he's never been a coach. Right. He's never done any of that. So you're telling me that Theo Epstein has two years left on his deal. Same with Jed Hoyer. And they're going to take the two years they have left, and they are going to say, guess what? Here you go. We're going to give you the job to someone who's never coached, let alone managed, and we're going to roll the dice that this is going to work out. I. Uh, that's hard for me to believe, which puts Girardi in play. But maybe Girardi's too expensive and they want to go cheap. So maybe it's Mark Loretta, who at least has been the bench coach. I can't figure out who else might be on their list. Cap, as frustrating as the Cubs lost last night, last Thursday, I think even more frustrating. A 10-3 loss to the Packers, losing at home in the season opener for the NFL. What in God's name was that game plan out of Matt Nagy? Yeah, look, here were my letter grades for three of the groupings. Mitchell Trubisky, F. Hmm. Offensive line, F. Matt Nagy, F minus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand not running the football. Mark Solaris said on the Waddle and Sylvie show on Tuesday that if you watch the Oakland Raiders game plan with Josh Jacobs, the former Alabama star who they took, uh, ironically, with the pick the Bears gave up for Khalil Mack, 24th overall, that looking at the way they ran the ball down Denver's throat, that's what Chicago should do with David Montgomery and the, back, the uh, backfield grouping that they have. But a lot of David Montgomery run the football and then use Mitchell in play action and some opportunities on a boot and see what you can get out of him rather than the game plan that had 15 called runs and Crazy. 45 dropbacks. 
I don't get it. No, nor do I, Captain. I don't know if you saw Dan Durkin's piece in The Athletic. I thought it was damning, particularly what Traymond Williams said uh, when he was asked after the game, we wanted to make Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback. If we th- if we could make a way, find a way for Trubisky to make him play quarterback, we knew we could win the football game. That says a lot. Yeah, he's not that guy yet. And, you know, when you're in, they were in nickel or dime personnel the entire game. They played... How many plays do you guys think out of, uh, I don't remember how many plays that, that the Bears ran, but it was something along the line, 60-something. Yeah. Out of that, tell me how many plays they played base defense. Mm, don't know. That would be zero. Wow. Zero, <laughs> not one play. And so they're in dime and nickel personnel, and you never decide, well, let's try this drive, let's really run it down their throat. But the offensive line was having a horrific night mm-hmm. as well, so. You know, it all combined into a perfect storm of crap. Well, the perfect storm is the schedule, and that's in Denver next week, and they are awful. Cap, uh, this Sunday, rather. Cap, we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, Talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Capper. You guys, too. Look forward to it. See you, buddy. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone has, well, hundreds of patterns, variety of styles, and colors for your every need. Visit them online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. You can get a head start right on the very front page of the website. Tell us about your project. They'll be there to help you. And then... Show up at the showroom, and we recommend you going down there, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Um, how about those words from Trayvon Miller? We wanted Mitch Trubisky to force him to play quarterback. <laughs> you you, you le- read the whole quote. It wasn't quite as damning as a little snippet, of course, people ran with, but... It's completely right. That's what you yeah. want to do. That's what you want this team. If Mitchell Trubisky is going to beat you, you tip your ball cap and move on. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky can't. And watching Deshaun Watson on Monday night, watching, of course, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Salt in the wound. It is absolutely, as a Bears fan, terrible, terrible to watch those two guys out there doing their thing. And you got Mitchell Trubisky. The game plan. I, I, mean, I know this is a conversation we had a week ago, Ken, but it just, I don't understand it. Nor I, do I. How can you justify it? You can't, Trent. The way they ran or didn't run the football there and making Mitchell Trubisky, they played right into the Mike Pettin's hands. That's what they wanted to do. All right, let's move on. Let's go back to the Cubs real quick. 18 games left. Trent, they're a game in front of Milwaukee. The Yelich injury being out for the year, that's a huge yeah. blow. I think he's one of the – where would you rank him? I mean, Trout's Trout. I get that. Um, second? Yeah, I think I had a Bellinger, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I, I he's and, and honestly, I think Yelich and Trout are closer than a lot of people put them. Yeah, uh, really good player. I don't know how they survive that with that pitching staff. We'll see. Um, the Cubs have the Cardinals a whole bunch of times. It just feels like if they get in, I'm not. I don't think they're going to be in for very long. No, not at all. It, it just has that feeling that of a lost season, and, and that's what last year turned into. And it kind of feels like that's what this Mm -hmm. has turned into, too, for this Cubs team. The Cardinals have been the story of the NL Central. As you mentioned with the Brewers and what's happened there, hope for the future for the Reds and the Pirates, perhaps. But missed window. And we know how quickly in sports windows can close. Is this window closing? 
Certainly the Joe Madden era looks like it it's is ending. Clearly, the curtain's coming down on that. It's, uh, it seems like there's uh, no way around that. Well, we'll take a timeout. We're going to go inside sports wagering. One of the best. Kenny White will join us. KennyWhiteSports.com. He's coming up next. We have a busy 11 o'clock hour. You like quarterbacks that played in the Cyhawk game? We've got a couple of them. Ricky Stanzi coming up at 11. Brett Meyer will follow him in here. And then Trent. Bill Bender from the Sporting News and I will go around college football before we get out of here at noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thank you, Centurion Stone, for making Cappy possible. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Back uh, with Kenny White next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Very. Tax extra. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ricky Stanzi at 11, Brett Meyer at 1120. And then Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Trent and I will go around college football, but a couple of former Cyhawk quarterbacks to lead off the next hour of the program. Let's finish off hour number one as we head to Las Vegas. He's Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks for having me on and uh, excited for another week of football. I love it because you get to adjust everybody. You know, you, yep. you, you watch that. You, you figure out trying to figure out how good these teams are before the season starts. Then they play a game, and you got to try to figure out why they didn't play well or why they played so well, and and if it's substantial or not. So, and then how far do we do you adjust on these teams? You don't want to be too knee jerk. So, it, I love this first three four weeks of the season just for that fact. Well, and let's talk about one of those, I guess, two of those teams that you probably left you scratching your head a little bit with. I'm sure you thought the Dolphins were going to be bad. I'm not sure anybody thought they were going to be this bad. And then what do you make of the team that pasted them in the Ravens? Lamar Jackson just going, I mean, looking like a uh, a pro bowler for crying out loud. But I know Miami will do that to some quarterbacks this year. But what about those two teams pursuant to your adjustments on those? Yeah, that's, you know, a great question. And you went right to the NFL game. I was completely shocked and i've always said one thing about john harbaugh he just does such a tremendous job with the talent he has i i I really haven't researched into it why they don't have more talent than anybody else if it's the organization they don't want to spend money but they're always at the bottom of the list the last five years of, of basically overall talent but he gets his guys to perform at a high level and and lamar jackson you're right what a great game he had he was uh tremendous in the pocket i I think the leaps and bounds he made, I had to raise his rating up about a point and a half. I raised the team's rating up two and a half points. Just talking about not being knee-jerk, I had to because my line on the game was six. Now, the betting line was only seven, and there was a lot of money, general public money, on Baltimore. But uh, um, if those two teams played again, that line would have to be ten and a half or more. And we're looking this week. Here you go. you got the Patriots on the road, uh, 17-and-a-half-point favorite. So I, I, I downgraded. Miami about a point and a half. So I gave more credence to Baltimore that I think they're a little better football team, and that's because that head coach, John Harbaugh. You know, in the NFL, we see even, I think, more overreaction than you do in college just because of the differences in the games, the opponents that these teams face. Is there a huge buyback opportunity? NFL Week 2, the overreaction that we see from Week 1, a lot more value in the Week 2 lines in your mind? No doubt about it. And, and it's really crazy because... I, I did a little research this weekend when I saw all the visiting teams winning and the visitors were 10 and 4 ATS Thursday through Sunday. Uh, I thought, why are all these visitors winning? Is there any type of trend here that I can find? And sure enough, there was the last six years. 
the visitors have scored as many points in week one as the home teams do. Hmm. And, you know, we get that home field advantage. People say, well, how much is home field advantage? NFL. It's three points. Well, there's a darn good reason why we know it's three points, because if you go over the last 20 years and take every football game that was played and you take the average score, it would be the average score would be the home team 24, the visitor 21. So there's your three-point difference. But in week one, there is no difference. So visitors have done very well um, against the point spread in week one because we're all giving three points for home field. I don't know what that reason is, but I know one thing. In week two, uh, things start to bounce back, and, and the home teams now start to cover uh, like they're supposed to. So I think you'll see some regression of the mean. I also think scoring, going back looking the first two weeks, are the lowest scoring weekends of the year besides week 17. Week 1, week 2, week 17 are the three lowest scoring weekends in NFL. Week 3 is the highest. So this weekend, again, tread lightly with your overs. Uh, but week three, you'll start to look for some games that you think you can get some breakouts. Throw it in in week number three. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com is our guest. I got to get to our biggest game in the state. It's uh, it's Iowa Iowa State. The game is in Ames. Um, speaking of adjustments, I've had to adjust how I saw Iowa prior to the season. I think they're better. I'm not sure what they've beaten, but it's the way that they're doing it. The receiving core is much better. Don't have a lot to go by on Iowa State. We saw them in week one in the triple overtime game, uh, and we haven't seen them since. It's our biggest game of the season in the state. Your thoughts on Cyhawk? What a great game! Yeah, this is, this is uh, going to be amazing. And you're, we have really zero information on both teams. Uh, Iowa played Miami of Ohio, a team that's 15 points below average. Uh, they just went about their business, got the job done. Um, you know, Nate Stanley was Nate Stanley, and uh, Rutgers. You know, they look like they were improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, by beating Massachusetts. They beat Massachusetts. They're really still a below-average football team, about seven points below average. So the, the two teams that uh, Iowa played, on average, are nine points below average. They're, and now they're going to face a team who I feel is ten points above average. So it's like a 20-point swing in talent difference. This is a big difference. Um, and, you know, the, the same kind of can be said for Iowa State. But Northern Iowa is, I think, the, the eighth-best FCS team. They're still seven points below that average mark, and I, I use it in my, my magazine that 100 is the average college football team, and I grade the FCS teams the same as I grade FBS. So strength of schedule is everything. They, you know, Iowa State's strength of schedule, just for one game, is just slightly bit higher. Four straight losses in the series. Iowa State at home. Uh, revenge. I think they have the better defense. Even Iowa's, Iowa's defense looked awfully good against uh, Rutgers. I still think Iowa State's defense is better. I'm really shocked that this point spread is Iowa, mm-hmm. the favorite. And the one thing I talk about a lot is home field advantage is a number that fluctuates from game to game for every single team because it depends on how much crowd noise. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Hawkeye fans in the stands. And maybe you can't give a full home field for Iowa State. And obviously Iowa's not intimidated um, by Jack Trice. So, that being said, I still think Iowa State should be a, a favorite in the game. Um, I like Iowa State. Liking Iowa State in that one. All right. If it's not the big national game, though, game day will be there. The other big one comes up on Saturday night, though. Some of the shine off as Syracuse gets pasted by Maryland. Your thoughts on this one? The last two years, Syracuse, two years ago, beat them in the Carrier Dome. Then last season, 
to Clemson on the brink, had them on the ropes before Travis Etienne took over that football game late. What do you see with the Tigers making their way up to Syracuse? Yeah, Clemson's kind of strange. You know, they played that close game with A&M last year, and everybody thought, well, uh, I will, uh, there was actually more money on A&M last week against Clemson than not, but it's it's amazing how some teams play other teams close. A&M has been able to do that with Clemson, and Syracuse has been able to do that with Clemson. Um, Tommy DeVito, the, the new quarterback take, to, taking over for Eric Dungy at Syracuse, I think is going to be a really good passer. Everything I've read, uh, this kid really is a good quarterback. He doesn't have the athletic ability of running like Dungy had, but in the pocket, he's a better, pure passer. His first two games were on the road. This will be his first home game. I think he's going to get more settled in. Trevor Lawrence on the other side has not looked like the Heisman Trophy guy that everyone's talking about, the front runner. He's only completed 64% of his passes. That's down 7.5 yards a pass. That's down almost two yards per pass from last year. Two touchdowns, three INTs, and both games were at home. Now he's going out on the road. So Clemson did lose a lot of pieces from last year's championship game. They do they do reload, but I just got a feeling this number is again way too high. I know Syracuse looked horrible against uh, Maryland last week, and that that again I don't want to be too knee jerk. I'm I'm sure that Syracuse the players have been hearing it all week long, and if they don't come to play, they're going to get blown out again because they know that Syracuse uh, Clemson is better than Maryland. So. I think you're going to see a different team. They're, most teams are 10% better at home than they are on the road. And, again, uh, this will be their first home game. I think I think Syracuse is a good play. I think they, they can stay within this number. Well, I think this uh, next bit of information you're about to pass out is going to f- uh, surprise some people because I saw the video, so I cheated a little bit <laughs> on, the, on the UCLA and Oklahoma. The games at the Rose Bowl, Kenny, I'm sure you saw last week, there might have been 12,000 people. I'm not exaggerating in the building. Now, Oklahoma's going to bring a ton of, uh, ton of their fans Chip Kelly's off to a, just a, a, an abysmal start in the 2019 season, but you're going to uh, maybe go the other way on this one. Oklahoma at <laughs> UCLA. How do you see it? It's a big number, 23. Yeah. Again, I'm, I don't want to be too knee-jerk reaction about this, but Oklahoma's played two home games. Uh, this will be their first road game, and it's still a young offensive line, still trying to get their act together. So, you know, that's one thing that worries me. I thought, boy, on the road, maybe the crowd will be loud. It'd be a different story. But uh, if, if UCLA is not getting any fans, obviously, again, home field advantage is, is negligated. negligated. And I, I, I did that anyway because whenever I have a visitor that's that much better than the home team, I don't give any home field. So it really didn't matter to me if there was 100,000 fans or 12,000 fans. Uh, it, it's still zero for your home advantage. UCLA has got to get things together. Um they are the best team that, that Oklahoma has faced this year. Uh, Houston, I have a 101.5 rating, UCLA a 104. So they did have Houston at home. Now they're on the road. Uh, this is a team that Oklahoma just blew out last year. I don't think they're going to have much respect for them, especially coming off a loss to San Diego State. That was San Diego State's Super Bowl. Rocky Long is a heck of a coach. Uh, they just played a great game. Um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was far better in that game than he was week one. I just think you'll see a motivated UCLA team. They need to they need to play a great game, and I'm sure Chip Kelly's had some very difficult practices this week, getting his guys ready for this one. So long trip for Oklahoma. I, I, I think that they can stay within the number. I think it's just too big of a number. I think it'll be a little more competitive in the Troy Aikman Bowl. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, the Troy Aikman Bowl. Well done. Lastly, we got 30 seconds left. We're, teasers. Uh, something you know a lot of people are starting to become a, more familiar with here. That line at 23. 